Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, who's got their Bible? Who's got some form of Bible or something? Who knows the Bible? <laughs> it's all good. Come with me to Galatians um, chapter 4. Let's go verse 19. It'll come on the screen for you if you don't have your word with you. There's God just talking to me this week about, and it's probably been something that's been developing me now for a, a little while, but this whole idea of spiritual formation. Um, you know, I was thinking this week, you know, what is, what is the point of all this, of the Christian life? What, 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 are, we, what are we trying to achieve here? What are we trying to do? Um, what is God trying to do in us? And, you know, I had this thought of like, you know, we want to see miracles. We want to see God move. We want to see God, man, that's sunny. Can someone just pull that for me? Is that okay? Um, yeah, we want to see God do all this stuff for us, but I don't think miracles, oh, that's much better. Thanks, Bum. Um, that miracles and that are not the focus that we should be focused on, that they're a byproduct of something deeper, of something greater. And uh, the, the, what I feel like God wants is, and the purpose of this Christian life is to become more and more like Christ. That we're called to be, that, you know, Christ is to be formed in us as Christians. That we should be growing and that we should be learning more and more about him every day, encountering him and understanding that we will never reach the end of that journey. There, is so, there are unsearchable things in God that we will never ever get in this life. We just will not understand. We will not get it. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be on this journey of growing as a disciple and becoming more and more like Christ in our world. And uh, Paul says this in Galatians. He says, um, my dear children for whom I am again in pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Is this this idea of, of, of this growing that needs to take place in us as believers that, that um, you know, like that, that we would grow in Christ, we would, we would become more and more like him, that we would understand what that means as a, as a believer. Um, you know, that, that this Christian life wouldn't just be about one decision that we made in one time somewhere in the past. But actually to be a disciple to Christ isn't just, doesn't just come from making a decision, but it, to be a disciple, it's the follow on of that decision. It's the, it's, it's the going through the process of actually living out that decision to be a follower of Jesus. Um, you know, we're not a disciple just because we came to Christ and said, I want you in my world, Lord, come into my life. That's just the starting point for us. But, but it's the journey of becoming more and more like Christ, of Christ being formed in us. And, as, and we're growing more and more into, into being a disciple of Christ. So the deep longing of a disciple is to know Christ. Paul says, I want to know you. David says that in the Psalms, there's a cry, there's a, a deep longing in his heart to know Jesus. That there's something about knowing Jesus that's so important for us. And it's not just a, a knowing to the point of Jesus is my saviour. Right, so we come to salvation, we, we don't even really know Jesus at that point. It's like we're getting introduced to him. And we don't know much about him at that point, but, but it's this journey of discipleship. It's, it's going from my saviour to my Lord and from my Lord to my friend. 
and that Jesus becomes friend. He said to his disciples that, that they were his friends. They became friends to him. They, they came into a different level of intimacy with him, that of knowing him that not everybody had. If you read in the scriptures, there was many crowds around Jesus. Many people knew Jesus, but there were some that actually knew Jesus, that knew more than just the, the, the miracles, that knew more than just what people were saying about him, but there was an intimate level of connection and relationship with him. And you know, the more and more I walk this journey, the more and more I feel like that's the goal. The goal is, you know, to, to know Christ in deeper, deeper ways. To be willing to be a believer that's willing to go deeper in Jesus, to go deeper in my relationship with Him, to, to be willing to let Him lead me into deep places that yet I don't understand. And, you know, it's like kind of like marriage is like that, right? We, the longer you're married, the deeper you get to know each other to the point where you, you've been married so long you can basically predict each other's responses to situations and what they're going to do. Right? Because that's, that's what happens when you are close like that. When you spend years and years and years together in marriage, you become more and more acquainted with each other and connected to the point where you are, you're super predictable to your partner. And that's okay, because that's what true intimacy is. It's, it's getting to know someone so well that you know how they tick. You know how they function. You know how they will respond to situations. And, uh, and that's the type of relationship we need to have with Christ. God wants to spiritually form us in a way that draws us closer to Him, that leads us into a deeper life. If you come to Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 47, it'll come up on the screen as well. And we see this story about the river flowing from the temple. And Ezekiel writes, you know, he's having this, this vision and he writes, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple was facing east. And the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the, other, uh, to the outer gate facing east. And then the water was trickling out from the south side. And as a man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured out a thousand cubits. And then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. And he measured out another thousand cubits and he led me through water that was knee deep. And he measured out another thousand cubits. And he led me through water that was waist deep. And he measured off another thousand, but now the river that I could, uh, sorry, now, the ri now, now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. And he asked me, son of man, do you see this? And then he led me back to the, uh, to the bank of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. And when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes, becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever that river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen said, will stand along the shore <clears throat> and there will be places 
for spreading nets and the fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not be fresh. They will be like uh, left for the salt and fruit, fruit trees of all kinds will grow on the banks of the river or both sides of the river um, and their leaves will, be, uh, will not wither nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows there. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. I love this, I love this passage. It's, you know, it's Ezekiel having this, this, this moment, this vision of a man leading him into deeper places. And he says, he measures out a thousand cupids and he leads me into water that is ankle deep. And then he gets into water that's knee deep, then waist deep. And then it's water so deep that you can't touch the bottom. You have to swim in it, right? It's a little bit like, um, you know, when we are at a swimming pool, right? There's certain types of people at swimming pools. Did you know that? There are actually certain types of people that go to swimming pools. There's the, there's the I don't want to get wetians. Right? They're the people that come with a book and they just want to sit on the sun chair and they just like want to read and don't splash me, don't let any water come near me. My mum's one of them. Don't, you know, like. <laughs> we used to always get in trouble if we splashed you, right? You used to always get mad on us. Then there's the toe tippers. Who knows the toe tippers, right? They're the guys that go up to the pool and they just got to check the temperature. Like, and, and they never get in because it's always too cold. It's always too cold. Even if it's the hottest day, it's too cold. Then there's the, then there's the, ankle, the ankle people, like the ankle, the ankle dippers, right? So they kind of get in the pool and they just, they just stand on the top step and it's just on their ankles. And they're like, oh yeah, no, it's a little bit cold. Then there's the guys that get into the knees and they're like the knee bathers. They kind of just walk around the bar, around the, around the pool and just, it's just up to their knees. They don't go any further. They don't get their board shorts wet or maybe just the bottoms of their board shorts get wet. Then there's the waist waders, right? So they're wading around in the pool at the waist, but they won't go any deeper because this part will get too cold. This part's got used to the water, this part's not. And then there's those, those people we all love. They're the all-in people, you know? They're the ones that don't even check the water. They just run and they jump and they bomb and water goes everywhere and everybody's cranky at them. Everybody, every other swimmer, every other type of person that's there gets cranky with that person because they just want to get in the deep end and they just want to, they just want to be in the water. And that's what it's kind of a little bit like in the church. See, there are different types of Christians. There are ankle deep Christians that they just want to get in. They, they've, you know, they've got their foot in the water, but, but they won't go any deeper. They just kind of, you know, it's like when you're at the beach and you go to get into the beach and there's waves, right? And if you walk in ankle deep, the waves can't affect you. They've got no sway over you. They, got, they can't push you anywhere. They've got no control over your body. You're still in control. And so you're in the water, you're in ankle deep, the waves come in and wash out, but they can't sweep you off your feet. There's not enough of you in the water. And then there's those people that are like uh, knee deep kind of people. They're in a bit further. The waves come and, and, and hit them and they kind of feel the power, the strength of the wave, but they can still hold their ground. Like they, they can still not be swept away. They can still kind of hold their position and they're still in control. And then there's those that are waist deep. Now, when you're in waist deep water uh, with waves coming at you, it's a lot harder to hold yourself in position. The waves hit you 
And then they kind of knock you about a bit and you get influenced by the waves. And then there's those who are like deep water people. And they get in and the wave comes and they get swept away with the waves. They, the waves direct, the waves are in control of them and they, they, they get moved about where the currents flow. And, and, and it's kind of like that in the church. There's these different types of people that, that some just want to be ankle deep. They don't want, they want to be in church. They love the Lord, but they, they, they don't kind of allow themselves to get swept away with God. They don't allow themselves to be influenced too much by by the things that are happening in the kingdom. Then there are those that are knee deep and now they're a little bit deeper in, they're a little bit more committed and, and, and they, they, you know, they love the Lord as well and they, they kind of get swept. Then there's the waist deep guys. Now they're a lot more committed and they're a lot more wanting to encounter God and, and allow God to have influence. And then there are those in the church that are completely just swept away by God. And I believe that God wants us to come deeper and deeper with Him. That no matter where we come on the scale, and it's not like you're not, it's not, it's not about salvation, it's about intimacy, it's about relationship, it's about building a relationship with Christ that can fully influence your life, can fully wash over your life and, and, and you go where the current of God takes you in Him. And, and I believe that's where God wants us to be. This is the formation that God wants, is this, this deepening of relationship. That God is calling us into deeper places, deeper connection, deeper influence, deeper intimacy with Him. And, and, and it's something that He so wants for us and something that we so need. You know, we, we, we want to see God move. We want to see, you know, so much of what God wants to do on the earth happen. But sometimes we, we forget that a lot of what God is going to do is connected to the depth of relationship that we have with Him. And, and He'll move at that level. So the first thing Ezekiel says here is he says he was led by this man. And so the question is, are we leadable with God? Is, are we, is God able to lead us where, we, where he wants to take us? Is God able to lead us in this life? Are we leadable people? I've met a lot of people that are not leadable. They, they, they don't follow. They won't follow something. They follow their own direction. They follow their own uh, thought processes and ideas. They follow their own thinking. They follow their own desire. And, and I've met a lot of people like that, that just sort of have their own life agenda. And it's not influenced by anything but themselves. And, 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 but that can't work in the kingdom. It doesn't work because God needs to have control. We, and, but the, here's the thing. God doesn't take control. We relinquish control. So we give it to him. We say, Lord, you have control of my life. You lead me. So there's a submission in our heart, a yielding in our heart to say, I will follow you. I will follow you, Lord. And so the question is, are, are, we, are we people that God can lead? Is God able to lead me? You know, Jesus was led into the wilderness for 40 days. He followed the Spirit, led him in there. Abram was led, he was led into the promised land. He went from a land... The, you know, where he was to a land he did not know, into a place that God had promised him. But he didn't know what was going to happen, but he, led, he let God lead him anyway. Joshua was led around the walls of Jericho. 
Seven times and then seven times on the final day. He, you know, God was able to lead them. And if you read all through the scriptures, we see stories of people that have been led by Jesus or led by God or the Holy Spirit to do certain things. They were leadable people. They were people that were open to the leading of God in their life. That internal leading. I don't know if you've ever encountered that that, 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 that leading to do something. You know, I remember many years ago when I missed the boat on this, God said I was in college and I had money in the bank and there was a girl in college that needed, she, she didn't have money for her fees. And I clearly remember God saying to me, pay that girl's fees. I remember, I remember it clear as day, but I didn't do it. And I never, and I walked away and, and I just, I'm like, no, that's crazy. What would I do that for? And, and, and I live with a regret. Even to the day, I live with a regret in my heart of knowing that I didn't follow what God was leading me to do. I never, ever relinquished that control. And it was a big lesson to me to, to learn to say yes to God, no matter whatever he was asking me to do. So often we talk about the times when, when we did do what God asked us to do, and that's great because there's probably lots of those times. But what about those times? Because I think there's more to learn in those times when we didn't do what God asked us to do, when we, we didn't go and do that little thing that He was leading us to do, to go and speak to that person or go and do this little thing, and, and we just sort of didn't feel like it was significant or, or important enough, to, or, or maybe we just kind of explained it away as in, oh, that's just me thinking, whatever. Um, but but I, I so regret missing that opportunity because I never, I'm never going to find out what God might have done with that situation. I'm never going to find out. And I, I am sure in my heart that God provided another way for her because she was still in college the next year. So I'm like, God obviously had another plan that he could just switch tracks and go, well, if you're not going to do it, I'll find someone else. But, um, but it was like I missed an opportunity and I'll never ever know what could have come out of that situation. I remember, my, I remember someone saying to me once that God had told them, to go and speak to this lady in a shop that he knew. And um, anyway, he didn't. He's like, go and share your testimony. He felt, I've got to go and share my testimony with this lady about Jesus. And he didn't do it. And he knew her, he knew of her. He'd known her for a long time, sort of as an acquaintance, not as a good friend. But, and uh, anyway, he didn't do it. And then not long after she died. And he was like, Why did I not do it? You know, imagine, who knows what God could have done in that moment if he had just done what he felt like the Lord had told him to do, but he didn't do it because he was too busy. And I think we have lots of little things in our life that God is leading us in. He wants to lead us into deeper times with him. So there's times when God says, how about, you know, you, you, you get this internal desire just to go off into the room and read your Bible or to listen to some worship music. And, but because we're busy and we've got lots going on or we want to watch that show that, what are we watching at the moment? The block, I think it is. Yeah, the block's on and we've got to watch the block at this time tonight. Tonight's reveal night. We can't. But what if God said to you on reveal night? What if God said at seven o'clock, it's time to come and connect? And it will start in those little, little things. And his leading will lead us to sacrifice. 
because he will ask us to come spend time with him in the most inconvenient times. Sometimes when we want to watch, like I said, seven a block tonight, the block, and, and or, you know, there's some, something going on. This person's invited me out to do this or do that. But are we willing to relinquish control and say, okay, Lord, I'll come. And, you know, even in coming, God might go, well, I actually only wanted five minutes so you can go and watch that show now or whatever. But, but are we willing to relinquish the control and allow him to lead us into deeper places with him? Are we, are we, will we allow him to take us from ankle deep relationship to knee deep relationship, to waist deep relationship? Are we willing to allow him to lead us in that direction? Deeper intimacy, into me see if you break it down into the way it sounds, are we willing to be into him, to allow him to have that control, that, that, have that influence in our life? See, the outcome of a deep formed relationship with Jesus is a life of fruitfulness, is life and fruitfulness. So we see the outcome of the encounter with this river and the life that was in this river was wherever it flowed, there was life. Wherever this water flowed, something lived. It actually provided life. Even if you look into the, you know, you just look at the name, the Dead Sea. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to make any bold statement here, but if you just take it for face value, we have a Dead Sea where living waters are flowing into. Now, you know, I'm not digging into theologically there because I don't, I haven't looked at it, but just the idea of life coming into something that's called a dead sea because it flowed into it. So we see this life and then we see these trees along the side of the river, that fruit in season. And so when you have this life that you come deeper into God, you come deeper into relationship with him, what you find is there's life in your world. That, 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 that your life is full of life. It's great. It, it, you've got there's, you know, it's not that you don't have problems or have things go on, but you are able to approach those things with a completely different perspective because you have this source of life flowing into you, which is helpful. But then there's also fruitfulness. You're producing fruit in the right season, which is profound because sometimes we can go through life and not produce anything. But if we're willing to let Jesus take us into these deeper levels with him, and we move from ankle deep to knee deep. If we get off that reclining chair, reading our book beside the pool where we don't want to get wet and we're willing to get into the water, even just ankle deep water is going to be enough to start producing life and fruitfulness in our world. Just to get in that water with God, just to get in that river, that place of connection. And then as we get in and then God starts to lead us deeper and we get more and more nourished, before we know it, we're in this place where we can't even touch the bottom, that God's, that, that, that God's influence is directing us entirely in our life. And that's where we need to be. This is, this is, you know, we can't even get into the whole message on spiritual formation. We don't have enough time today and there's a lot to it. But, but this is very much the first beginning of an invitation to be spiritually formed by God, to step into a place where God starts to have the ability to lead us in our walk with Him.
Yeah, there's so much in it, but but this invitation, and that's what I feel like God is doing today, is extending an invitation to go deeper. And of course, He will not force the invitation on us. We must want, want it and desire it and say, well, you know what? I want to go deeper. And, if, you know, the reality is whatever's going on in our world, the answer starts here. Out of this space, out of wanting and desiring to go deeper with Christ. It doesn't mean we won't have problems in our world. It doesn't mean we won't go through stuff. It doesn't mean we won't struggle with stuff and even suffer in some circumstances because the reality is life happens in this world. But when you're in deep with God, you go through those things and, and, and He brings you out the other side. Those things won't take you out. They won't destroy you because God will be with you in those situations and lead you through them. And you'll have this source of life and this source of fruitfulness coming in to some of the darkest moments of our lives because we're willing to go deeper with Him. Can, I, can you guys come up? So that's what I said before, you know, like we're not, we're not a disciple because we make a decision to follow Jesus. There are a lot of people that have made decisions to follow Jesus that are not disciples. They're just followers of Jesus. They've just, they've made a decision to follow Him. They've made a decision to include Him in their life. And it's good and it's salvation and it's, it's, it's great. But there's so much more. There's so much more of Him you can encounter and have. But it takes a decision to allow Him to lead, to allow Him to lead your life. It can be a little scary to allow Him to take the wheel, if you like, and have His hand on the gear stick and He controls the brake. And He controls acceleration and all those sorts of things. Because when we yield up control, we yield up and we, we, we let Him have it and we take our hands off and we say, God, I'm, I'm going to follow You. I'm going to let You lead me. That means that we're going to get led into places we've never been before. We're going to be in situations and be led to make decisions in those situations that are foreign to us because we're like, oh, I wouldn't make the decision that way. Why is God making, making, wanting me to make the decision like that? And so we can be a little bit confused, a little bit scared, but, but the beauty of this whole deal with Him is when you give Him control, His heart is for you. So he's not, he's not wanting to do something that's going to hurt us. That's not his motive. It can hurt sometimes to make the decisions that he leads us to make. Because for some of us, God can lead us to make decisions where we, we have to move away from certain environments and it can be hard to pull away because of the connections and relationships that are there. Um, 
But you've got to trust that, you know, He says, I have a plan for you. And it's a plan to prosper you and not harm you. So He doesn't want to harm us. And He wants to prosper us. And it's His plan. It's His leading. And our job is to yield control. It's to give it over because He won't override our self-will. That's not how He works. He'll work with willing, willingness. So, so He won't come in and take control of your life unless you relinquish control to Him. So the level of our connection or the level of, our, of the outcome of our relationship is in direct proportion to the level of our willingness to let it go. And I feel like that's where God's leading us as a church and as a people, me individually, is to come into this place where He gets greater influence in our world, with our families, with our kids, with our everything, workplaces, finances. relationships, marriages. The willingness to hand it over, to let Him lead you into deeper places with Him to go to a whole new level of relationship. The Bible says to be in step with the Spirit, to not run ahead, to not fall behind, but to be in step with Him. If people don't understand the person that's all in. They're confusing to people because they're so passionate, they're full of zeal and hunger for the Lord. And when you're like that, God leads you to do things that makes no sense to other people. So be prepared to be misunderstood as you make a decision to go deeper. Because all through the Word, people were misunderstood when they chose to let Jesus lead them or let God lead them in a direction. Other people were like, what are you doing? That's weird, you're strange. Ridicule. And, but yet you see the story unfold and there's life and there's fruitfulness in these people's worlds all the way through the Scriptures. And as it is in there, it can be for us. How about we just close our eyes we wrap this up. Jesus, we ask that you help us in our willingness to go deeper. Help us, Lord. to have a greater desire and a thirst and a hunger 
to give you control of our lives, to lead us, to take us into deeper places with you. Father, revolutionise our devotional lives. Transform it. We just want to know you, Lord. We just want that cry of a disciple's heart to be evident in our world. I want to know you. And not just a mental assent to you, Lord, but a deep heart connection. Help us, Lord, to desire and to pursue that connection with you. Let us not just be wishy-washy, occasional Christians that, Lord, help us to be deep water Christians. New levels, new depths, new intimacy. That's what's going to sustain us. That's the hallmark of a disciple, Lord. Someone that is hungry to go deeper. And we thank you as we go deeper, Lord, fruitfulness and life will follow. Come up, why don't we stand? And we're just going to worship again. I want us just to take some time to just to move into that space of just soaking in Him, just to connect with Him. Now, this can be the first step of giving over in worship. Just to go, you know what, God, I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to give myself over to this moment. I'm not going to struggle with whatever's going on around me. I'm not going to, I don't care what people think right now. I don't care if they're looking at me. I just want more of you. I just want to connect. You know, as a pastor, my, my heart as a pastor in the church is that you would leave every Sunday knowing you've connected and received something from Him. That you would leave going, man, I just connected with Jesus. If you leave going, oh, that's a good sermon or great worship or man, the morning, afternoon tea was great. We've failed as a church. I want you to leave going, I've connected with God today. Something's shifting in my heart. I'm leaving a changed person. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.